You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're tackling a big question. Do you wait for a series to finish, to be finished, for someone to finish the series, finish it out before you, as a reader, start it? But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book that... Mallory, tell me if this was on the Glasser best of list because I uh, like so we just did like the our episode of the best books of the year so far up through mm-hmm. end of June basically, and um I got this off of a list and I can't remember if it was the Glasser list or it's just like a general list from another website, but it's Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Uh, no, I don't think I saw that. Okay, it was on a lot of other lists because when I was making my list... You sent me the cover of this. I I did, because I actually will say I think the cover is deceiving. Um, But I really enjoyed this book, and I think people would really like this book. It is about a chemist, a female chemist in the 60s where... It's not, it was not a great time to be a female chemist who is basically about her life and her very like non-traditional approach to life where she didn't want to get married. She didn't want to have kids. She ends up dating this other chemist and this is not giving anything away. This is all like on the side of the book and becomes a single mother at some point. And the place where she's a chemist, they treat her poorly. And because she's a single mother, she's not allowed to work there anymore. And she ends up having a cooking show on like a cable access thing that gets so popular, but she uses her chemistry knowledge to have this cooking show. So this That's combines a cute. lot of things I like, which is like women in STEM, but also um, cooking. Yeah, this is um, like a perfect book for you. And and the, and women love the show because they're like, oh, she actually doesn't talk down to us. She teaches us about, you know, she uses, she says sodium chloride instead of uh, salt, you know, uh, or whatever. Uh, and she teaches, and she's teaching them chemistry while she's talking about cooking and talking about how difficult it is to cook. I think it's great. I will say this, and look, I'm not calling out, the, look, I loved your book, Bonnie, and also publisher, but I found that the cover makes you think this is going to be a lighter read than it is, and I wanted to give people uh, trigger warnings for lots of things, um, partner death, sexual harassment, sexual assault. I mean, it is it is a dark book in a lot of ways, and the cover makes it kind of look like it's going to be like a fun rom-com. And that's what I thought it was when I picked it up. And Mallory knows oh, no. I was sick last week. And I was like, oh, this will be a little fun rom-com for me to like, you know, my brain can't handle anything right now. And uh, and I instead it was a, a kind of a difficult read. Um, and times I was very shocked <laughs> by how dark it went. But I did end up really liking it. I think, you know where I think I found it, Mallory? I think, it, I think Goodreads did like a here's the top rated books of the year and it was on there and I saw the cover and I thought easy read not an easy read y'all I'm incorrect <laughs> so when you see this adorable woman with a pencil in her hair and these cute little 60s glasses it's the, it looks like Mallory simple it looks like a blonde illustri- Mallory with cute little glasses and she had a pencil in her hair um, it's the simple illustrated covers. Yes, a, yes. a lot of a lot of books, regardless of the genre. And I think it started in romance, and a lot of people, a lot of publishers started started copying it. Is those like very? When you see it, you'll know it's like the kind of uh, like Emily Henry illustrated cover. Um, yeah, but doesn't sounds like it's not that kind of book. It's, I mean, look, it has parts of it that are, but there are such dark moments that I think it's just a, a little misleading. But I mean, obviously, that's the marketing they chose, and they're going for like they want to sell this book. It feels like a book that you'd buy in an airport, you know, but I think it's much, mm-hmm. if you bought it in the airport, you might be surprised. Maybe not. I mean, I know books, you know, you buy in the airport go darker these days. So anyway, what are you reading, Mallory? 
I am reading a book that I already know is going to be on my best of the year list. I knew it the second I started reading it. The only thing that could ever bump this book off was if, you know, 10 incredible haunted house books come out in October (laughs) and bump it off the list. Uh, So sometimes I get, we get an arc and uh, I like it so much that I buy a hard copy, like a, like a finished copy of it because I like it so much. And that's what I did with this. And now I am, even though I read it back in March, Mm -hmm. April, Mm -hmm. who knows when, when, how time works anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am rereading it now because it just came out. And uh, I bought the hard copy, the finished copy. It's The Wild Hunt by Emma Seckle. So I'm reading it for the second time this year. (laughs) Uh, It is... It's incredible. It is a historical fiction that takes place on this Scottish island right after World War II. And it's about all these these different people who are dealing with the effects that World War II have had on their lives and on this small island. Uh, but the thing about this island is that every year on October 1st specifically, a massive horde of ravens come and... They leave on midnight on October 31st, and they're there for every day of October. And it's uh, the, the, the people of the island have uh, ascribed supernatural significance to them, and there's all these rules that people have. You know, you can't go out at a certain time because the ravens might get you. And the thing is, these ravens, like, will fuck you up. Like, oh. uh, that, that's the one of the central problems in the story is that with each passing year the ravens get darker and scarier like the year before the events of the novel um the ravens killed a sheep and left it on somebody's doorstep and so people are starting to get really freaked out and then there's a disappearance in the town and people start to blame the ravens and then there's a big split between people and then you again you have all these great characters who are sort of dealing with their their grief and listlessness and it is it's so scary and it's so good and it's like this amazing combination of historical fiction and horror and a little bit of magic supernatural stuff it's just incredible the the cover blurb says it's gorgeous and haunting and i think that's absolutely correct uh again definitely 100 will be on my best of the year um just came out so that's the wild hunt by emma seckel and mine is lessons in chemistry by bonnie Garmus, Garmus, I'm not sure. Um, and Mallory, I feel like we should do a sh- little shout out of two books, speaking of arcs, that um, came out in July that we both read as arcs and we didn't get to talk about, but we loved them. And they would have yes. been on our, we would have included them in our best of the half year, but they both came out in July. And that was two that are already Glasser favorites too Paul Tremblay's new book, and Sarah Gailey, uh, Paul Bears Club, and uh, Sarah Gailey's book, um, Just Like Home. Um, Those will, without question, be on our best of the year list, and they will be uh, at the top of the list as Bria and I shared books. That's probably right. That is probably right. We will probably put them at the top because we both loved them, but they came. we both read them as arcs because we were so excited about them. And um, And I think we talked about them as arcs, but now that they're out, I mean, what... I feel like when a new Sarah Gailey or a new Paul Tremblay book drops, like an alarm should go off in your house and you yeah. should run straight to the bookstore. I mean, what, Sarah, Just Like Home is a Sarah Gailey haunted house book, which I don't, I mean, I don't need to tell you anything else. Right. And Paul Bears by Paul Tremblay is a Paul Tremblay vampire novel. Yeah. With music, with like punk rock shit in it. Like, yeah. again, what else do we need to say? <laughs> yeah, it's Gen X vampire stuff and it's written uh, in its epistolary-ish he called it a found memoir the other day because um, he actually came to my book club and talked about it. 
And um, I thought that was a really interesting thing because I've never heard of a found memoir. Oh, it's so good. It's really, really interesting. Um, but we know how much people love epistolary stuff, and I think it would fall into that category too. Anyway, I want to give a shout out to those books. Yes, we'll put a link in the show notes to those. And then uh, now we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. A lot of people wrote in about their reading positions. Oh, wow. And sent photos, oh. which I think is incredible. Mallory, we got to put love some it. of those on the Instagram because that is very Love funny. it. Okay. Aaron said, I would like to propose another reading position. I would call mine the hammock. I lie on my back, usually on the couch, with something supporting my head a little bit and something supporting my feet a little bit. If my arms get tired of holding the book up, I can bend my knees up and use them for support. My cat is a big fan of the hammock position because he can sit on my whole torso instead of sitting on my lap. Uh, I mean, that's really the most important thing is what your cats think of things. Sure, I sure. deeply relate to this. Erin mm-hmm. uh, says, my second grade teacher told me that reading like this was bad for my eyes, but she never told me why, and the consequences have not caught up with me yet. That feels like one of those, <laughs> like, like uh, you know, things that are, is not true that people have to say. Like, if you read in the dark, it's bad for your eyes. I don't know if that's actually true. I think it is true because oh. Jeremy tells me that all the time. I think it's like a... I Whatever think your eyes what, have to work harder. Yeah, I am sure we don't use the word old wives' tale anymore. That can't be a very nice thing to say. But if we have something better than that that y'all can give me. But I feel like it's one of those kind of things. Yeah. Becky wrote in and said, Hi, Brie and Mallory. You are both amazing, and your podcast is one of my favorite things to listen to each week. I just finished your most recent episode on reading positions, and I want to share what I have found works best for me. I am similar to Mallory, and I am a very fidgety reader. I have trouble sitting still in the evening when I do most of my reading because I have restless legs that constantly make me want to move around. To help with this, I bought a hammock, chair, and stand. Wow, hammocks, popular. The great uh, part of this is that I can sit reclined, but also sit with my legs up or down. I can rock or move around as much as I like, all without having to get up. It's also technically portable because, similar to a regular hammock, it can be attached to anything sturdy enough to hold you. And then there are links which we will put in our show notes. Looking at them right now, we should put one of the, we should put these both on our wish list because I want to try them out. Doing it Oh my gosh. I have a hammock outside on my deck uh, and I will confirm that it is a incredible superior reading. Oh my God, this hammock even has a book pocket. That's what I was about to say. It has a (gasps) book pocket. I'm adding them to our list. They're on our Amazon wish list and they're actually not that expensive. This one is $40, which seems. Can you put the stand on there too? Oh, yeah, uh-huh, I'm putting the stand on there, too, which, oh, oh, oh I see. So you need a stand for the $40 hammock, but the stand is pricey. Yeah, that's how they <laughs> they lure you in. But, that, yeah, the stand is $40, This or the hammock is $40, the stand is 120 But could you attach it to, um to like, your ceiling or, I don't know, ceiling, is that a thing? <laughs> Maybe that's a bad idea. I mean, you'd have to have, um you I mean, you you would need, a hook in there that would was like attached to the to a stud yeah interesting i know about this because i've been watching that how to build a sex room show on netflix <laughs> and that's something she something she mentions all the time that hard points you need a hard point to hang things up on i haven't watched the show i um it's very fun i want netflix can you please hire brie and i to make a show called how to build a reading room oh how to build a book nook how to build a reading nook how to build a book nook I think that's a good idea. Please, Netflix, hook us up. We would make such a great show for you. Uh, so I was going to read the next one, but it has a y'all in it, and I think Bria should read it. Lizzie wrote in and said, Do you know that one term for fungal horror is sporer? 
Oh my god, I love this so fungus much. Fungus has spores. Yes, that's great. Just thought y'all would appreciate that little tidbit. And you know what? We do. We fucking do. And not only that, <laughs> but Mallory, we should absolutely do a spore episode. We really should. In in October. That is a great fucking idea. Bria, I'm, I'm putting that in our calendar wow. right now. Wow, Lizzie, you just inspired a whole episode. Take, take oh pride. Oh my god, that is so smart. Oh, I wonder if we can get T. Kingfisher to come on. Wow. Sporer. Officially, our Halloween episode for this year will be Sporer. Yeah, that's great. We Put love a new genre of book. reading glasses. Calendar. And I love a, I don't know what that word is for that, where you combine two words to make a word, but it is something I really enjoy. Oh, fantastic. Love it. Wow. Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter, link in the show notes. So a couple of bookmarks. One from me, I just, I got, I'm finally back from the UK and I wanted to thank the glassers that I got to meet over there at my events. I was very nervous because one, I've never done events in the UK before. And two, when I got there, my publicist was like, hey, there's a rail strike. Uh, A bunch of readers had written into me saying that they couldn't get to London because the trains were all down because of a, you know, a union strike on for the railroad workers, which I, of course, deeply support. But we were all like, oh, no. And I we almost canceled my London event because I was so nervous that nobody was going to show up. But who packed the house? The fucking Glassers did. It was so amazing to meet Glassers in London and in Oxford. I had so much fun. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And also, we want to talk about what we're going to do for the readathon coming up very soon. So, Mm -hmm. again, the readathon is Sunday, this Sunday. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, it's this Sunday. So the readathon is this Sunday, August 21st. Uh, It's going to start early in the morning uh, at 9.30 Pacific time, we're going to do a quick live stream on Instagram just to introduce it. And then um, at 10 o'clock, if you are a 10 o'clock in the morning uh, Pacific time, if you are a Reading Glasses supporter, you're a MaxFun subscriber, uh, we're going to do a Zoom party. And we're doing it so early in the morning to reach people in other countries. Uh, then during the day after that, we're going to read for a few hours. And then from 4 to 5 p.m. we uh, Pacific time, again, we are doing another Zoom party for uh, our U.S. Uh, MaxFun subscribers. So we can talk about what we read during the readathon. If you are not in the Slack channel and you're interested in getting in on the Zoom party, please email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you a link for the Zoom. Then at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to do a final live stream on Instagram to end the day. I know this is a lot of information. Look in the show notes. We will be putting the schedule in the show notes. And again, if you are interested in getting in on the Zoom parties to talk about the readathon, email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com to get a link to the Zoom party. We're really excited about it. We're so happy that the Max One subscribers unlocked this goal. Uh, we're really excited to do another readathon. I have already started picking out my books for it. And we're excited to have some Zoom parties. Um, please, please uh, come and uh, post, tag us on Instagram with your stacks of books, with your reading positions, wherever you're reading. We want to <laughs> see your no- We want to see your nooks, your hammocks, your stacks, everything you got. Uh, so before we talk about waiting on a series to be finished before you start, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Microdose Gummies. Bria, 
What is microdosing? It sounds a little intimidating. Yeah, you know, but you've probably heard of it. You've probably heard of it on this show. We talk about microdosing on this show quite a bit because microdosing is for all sorts of people. Microdosing, you can do it. You can do it daily. Uh, people are doing it to feel healthier and perform better. In microdose, gummies deliver perfect entry-level, that's the key word here, folks, entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. We have gotten sent lots of microdose gummies, and I love uh, looking at the types that they have because they have them in all different flavors, all different types. And again, these are microdose things. They are not meant to send you to the moon. They are meant to help you sleep better, get a little more creative, relax, get, you know, a boost to your day, you know, get in the zone, wind down at night, whatever you need to do, micro dose gummies can help you do it. I like using them. I personally like to use them after I'm done powerlifting to relax my muscles and to get me to come down from being the beefcake that I am. Uh, I I really enjoy them. I really, and if you've never done them before, you're curious, but they sound a little intimidating. Really, microdose gummies is the way to go to start. And y'all know you love a gummy. If all of my food could be <laughs> provided in gummy form, I would appreciate that. And these taste amazing. And remember, Microdose is available nationwide. So to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. So that's microdose.com, code GLASSES for 30% off, which is a lot. Microdose.com, code GLASSES. GLASSES. Hi everyone, I'm Ella McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we will be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's going to be a hoot on Maximum Fun. This week, we're tackling a big reader quandary. You see a series that you're interested in. Do you dive right into it or do you wait until all the books are out? Do you risk having to wait years for the next book or wait until the series is complete? We are here to weigh in. Bria, is this an issue for you? Are you ever hesitant to start a series because it isn't finished? No, but I'm fine with doing an episode about it. I'm fine for help those... <laughs> Where this is an issue. I actually say, we've talked about this on the show before. Sometimes I'm hesitant to dive into a series in general. Um, and I will say that because I just don't know if I want to get invested in something for multiple books when I'm really just here for one. It's like, you know, I stopped, uh, I pulled over to this gas station to get one soda instead <laughs> you're heading me seven and I just don't have room for them. Um, and I, I would say I am actually, based on the subject of this episode, I am kind of almost the opposite. Like... If I look at a series and there's one out and there's the promise of more, I'm like, I can handle that because it's just one. But if there's 12 mm -hmm. out, I'll be like, ooh, never able to, I won't be able to do it. It's basically like I- Too intimidating. I, I wouldn't start Game of Thrones the series now, the TV show or the series. Yeah. I would not start, start there because I would just be like, there's too many books. There's too many episodes. It's too long. I don't have the energy to watch all of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know if I have the time. Um, and so I, I'm like, I would rather just get in on that ground floor 
Um, so I'm not hesitant to start a series when there's it's not finished. I'm actually like more likely to. That's so interesting. Yeah. What about you? Honestly, I used to be the opposite. Uh, you know, I'm such an inhaler. Mm-hmm. You know me. When I get into something, I want the ability to consume all of it, uh, especially for a series that I know is going to be long, like five. I, I count a long series as five books or more. I would be reluctant to start a series if it wasn't finished. Mm, and, this, and I'm talking about this is back old, old Mallory, early 20s Mallory, who was a huge series reader. Um, and then, you know, I stopped reading series for a while because I read the discourse about how if no one buys a series when it's still coming out, it might never get the chance to be finished. Right. And this quandary between wanting to support authors and not wanting to start a series until it was finished definitely contributed to me just not reading series for a while. My brain was like, we can't solve this problem, so we're going to ignore it. Don't yeah. read series. Yeah. And, uh, I, and that was me for a long time. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the series quandary. The idea that a series might not be completed at all if it doesn't get enough support within the first few books, like, is that an actual problem? Like, if people are, like, you put out, you know, I'm here, I'm an author, I'm going to write a first of a series, and I'm like, it's one of question mark. But it may end up being one of one if people don't don't support yeah. it. Is that a real problem? Because, and I, I guess this is the question we're asking. Is that a real problem? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely the biggest point of contention with readers not wanting to start a series until all the books are out. Is this the biggest, biggest piece of discourse that mm-hmm. you see? And so we reached out to our network of secret reading glasses correspondents for this. We asked some authors, some comic writers, some editors, some agents, and some other publishing folks about whether or not this is true. Right. And the answer is, it's yes. The answer is, it is true. But not necessarily for the reasons that you think. Like, Sometimes an author will not get a book deal for the next in the series if the first few books don't do well. That is a thing. But also the other thing we found out is that sometimes the author themselves will cancel that series. Um, This was a huge fucking shock to me. Like if it's not getting... something I never considered. Well, it makes sense to me as a filmmaker or an artist. And if I do something that just doesn't get the attention, it's like, why would I keep making... I'm not going to make a sequel to a movie that no one watched. Like, it just doesn't feel yeah. right to me. So, Mallory, you want to explain the contract stuff and why this might happen? Yeah. So often, if an author gets a contract for multiple novels, it doesn't always stipulate that those books have to be of the same series. Right. It'll be like, we bought the first of the series and then two more books, three more books, whatever it is. So if the first few books of a series aren't doing well, sometimes an author will cancel it. They'll say to their editor, I don't want to do this in a bit. For the next book, I don't want to do the next book in this series. I want to do something else. I want to do a different series or a standalone book because they're so disheartened and they don't want to keep working on a series that no one is reading. And I was so sad when I heard yeah. about this. And I that is so sad. I could not, but I just never, I mean, you never think about an author wanting to cancel a series, but once it got, once it got explained to me by, you know, one of our secret reading glasses correspondents, it makes total fucking sense and holy shit, it breaks my heart. Yeah. And it makes, I mean, it's because it, like, there's so many contributing factors. Like we said, like people are not reading them. It's, it's not necessarily that author's fault. I think that's where we're feeling like a lot of uh, empathy for this person, for these people, because Sometimes people are waiting for the whole series to come out. Sometimes you see it's a series and you don't want to read it or something. And so it's like, I can see why you could have this book that could be really great. And I feel like sometimes a series takes more than one or two books to come out for people to really be like, I love this as a series. You know, like it's hard to read the first book and be like, I love this series because you don't even know that answer yet. So I think there's just so many contributing factors for the reason that people aren't reading it. I'm trying to give a pep talk to these authors out here. Like authors, 
All right, just so you know, people, if they pick up the first book in your series, it's not necessarily your fault. This is not, they may be waiting for all of them. Yeah, and so where does that leave us as readers? Uh, Two really interesting points that we got from the people that we asked. One person said that if you're so into a book that you're dying to get the next book, isn't that actually a good thing? Like that you liked a book so much? Isn't that a good problem to have? Which I think is a great point because there's so many readers who are like, I don't want to be left on a cliffhanger. I don't want to be waiting, waiting for the next book. But the person I talked to, they were like, isn't that good? Because you, that you loved a book so much. And I was like, yeah, I guess I never thought of that. And one of the other people that I asked, uh, this is another great point. I said, people would never hesitate to start any other kind of series if it wasn't complete. Like you wouldn't refuse to watch a new TV show because all the seasons aren't out yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's right. And uh, how often has it been that you watch a TV show, you get to the end of the season and it gets canceled and you don't even know what happens anyway. So I think, I mean, yeah. I mean, and you're investing just as much time in that, if not more in, in a series. I mean, this is what I was trying to say, too. I, I feel like <clears throat> like sometimes it'll be announced that there's definitely going to be, be a duology or a trilogy or something like that. But anytime you're taking you're watching or doing the first of something in a series that has been announced, you don't even know how long it's going to be in the first place. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I think. We're always taking a risk by reading a book, and if you like it, yay, and if you don't like it, then you don't have to keep reading the series. <laughs> no one's forcing <laughs> you to do that. Yeah, honestly, what decided it for me wasn't the question of author support, which sounds terrible, but it's true. It was me realizing that I when, when I want to read something, I should just read it when I want to read it. So over the past five years or so, there were a few series that I wanted to wait until they were finished. Uh, And what I would do is I would even buy the first book and wait for the other ones to come out so I could also buy them. But by the time the last book came out, I didn't feel like reading it anymore. No, yeah, that's, yeah, I could see that. And, you know, maybe I will sometime in the future. I'm not going to throw them out. But I wish I had just read the first book when it came out and I was excited about it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to do from now on. If a book comes out that looks wicked good and I see that it's number one in the series... I'm going to read it regardless. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's part of a series and ends on a cliffhanger and I have to wait a year or two or three or whatever to get the rest, it's not ideal, but it's fine. You know, I'd I'd rather have a book that I'm looking forward to than miss out on a series that I could like. I'm a changed woman. (laughs) I I think this is a a Bria Mallory uh, crossroads, if you will. I think, like, this is another thing that sort of defines us. You're so much more of a completionist than I am. And I will start a book uh, series and not finish the series at all. And same with a TV show. I will stop a TV show halfway through and be like, I'm done with this series. Like I cannot, like I, <laughs> I sometimes I'm just done. And I think this is your completionist nature where you've had to like get around that and like allow yourself yes. permission to not be a completionist the first time around. Yes. And so for the other Mallory's out there, if you are too struggling with this quandary of not wanting <laughs> to wait and waiting for, a, you know, not wa- being shy about reading a series until all the books come out, read like you've never been hurt before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you are excited about a book, just fucking read it. And that's what I'm going to start doing. And I mean, again, I, I've, I've started doing that recently. I've been reading more series, dove into the Library of the Dead books, and I'm so happy. I also think one of the things that I brought up with the people that we were talking to is that there's, I feel like there's two kinds of series. There's series that are more episodic, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then there's series that are like end on cliffhangers are sort of one complete arc. Yes. Um, Uh You have like the law and orders of the book world versus the breaking bads. Yes. That's a great (laughs) (laughs) way. By the way, I've I've only watched like two episodes of breaking bad, but I know what it is. I haven't watched no episodes of breaking bad. Okay. But I think people know what it is. It starts one place and 
You have to watch the whole thing from the beginning to end. Yeah, People are so mad like... that we have not watched it, by the way. Don't tell anyone. I know. Go, I know. Glassers, so don't upset. tell me to watch Breaking Bad, okay? I know it's great. I just, I, I just haven't been in a place, okay? Maybe one day. <laughs> I Yeah, I have a hard time watching anything that, that doesn't have monsters in it. Um, but... So regardless of what kind of series it is, if you are interested in a book, it's like we it boils down to our the advice we give out literally every episode. If something looks good to you, just read it. And if, you know, just go for it. Don't don't you don't have to wait. I used to do that and now I regret it. So I'm again, I'm a changed woman. I'm going to read like I've never been hurt before and dive into series, even if they're not done. If you have your own solutions for this or your own thoughts about this, you can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a reader problem about spicy books, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin Mackerel. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Dr. Sydney McElroy. That, that is true. It's important in this context because we host a medical history podcast called Sawbones. Oh, I thought we were going to, we should have worked on that. Sawbones. Sawbones isn't afraid to ask the hard hitting questions like, are vaccines as safe and reliable as they want us to believe? Yes. Do I have to get a flu shot? Yes. Uh, okay. Is science a miracle? No. We have a lot of great history for you and a lot of laughs. And sometimes the history is so bad that there's no laughs. But you'll learn something, you'll feel something. And it's always Sawbones. That's right. Every week on MaximumFun.org. solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Christy writes in, Hi, Brianne Mallory. Thank you so much for doing this pod. It always brightens my week. Do y'all know of any book rating sites? At the risk of sounding like a prude, I prefer to read closed-door romance. Nothing against other romance. It's just my preference, and I'm disappointed when I invest time getting invested in characters and the book turns too spicy for my taste. I don't want to support a website that encourages banning books or censorship, but would love to know if a book uh, I pick up is a cozy or spicy romance before I get invested. I think that Chrissy did a good job of defining closed door, but I wanted to make sure people understood. That's basically what it sounds like. It's where the the, the sexy action happens behind a closed door. It might behind happen. A closed page. It might happen in the book, but you are not seeing it. Uh, it is. It it's is, one of those things where it's like, oh, and they w- fell into bed, fade to, and then like that, right? You know, and then the the scenes ends there. It's you'll implied s- yeah. that they're boning. Yeah, you'll but see the implication. You don't read about it. There will be like a little bit of a, a look, a handhold, maybe, but nothing too wild. I can definitely recommend the Amish romance book that we read for this. I would say that would be a closed door romance, don't you think? Yes. I mean, I think you nailed it. Is that just look for books that are described as cozy. I think that that's what Christy said, yeah. But you have an actual answer. Well, yes. So uh, there, there's two things to do. One, like we just said, you know, if a book, we, we, we found out in a recent episode that if a book is categorized, described as cozy, it will not have on-page spiciness. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Christy, I would just look up uh, cozy romance novels and mm-hmm. if it has, if especially in like the marketing materials or on the back of the book, it says the word cozy, you're all set. You are not going to be seeing any any spicy things. And I would also encourage you to dive into that sort of Amish or some sort of and other kinds of like religious-based romance novels because they're not going to have it on the page no. either. Um, but Mallory also found some good r- romance review sites. 
I did. I dove into the world of romance review sites, and there's a lot of good ones that do this. Sites that are run by romance enthusiasts who are some of the best readers on earth, that they're totally into the genre. They're not looking in, you know, like Chrissy said, they're not looking for banning books or censorship. They're just letting readers know. One one that I found called All About Romance uh, has for each book review, it has a sensuality rating. So it goes kisses, which is obvious. Subtle, which is more maybe like a little hand-holding. Warm, um, hot, and then up to burning. Mm -hmm. And there's an explanation for each. So it's based on what Christy said, it sounds like any book that that was marked kisses or subtle would be the speed. Anything past that is you're starting to get a little spicy. So if there's a book that you're interested in, again, it's called allaboutromance.com. Look it up on this website or do some searching for others. Christy, you're not weird. It's definitely a common piece of information that romance readers want to know. So there's a lot of places online that review romance that mention this. They'll they'll give you the the how spicy it gets, you know, how how explicit it the the sex gets or if there's sex at all um you're not don't don't feel like you're a weird romance reader i feel like there's a lot there's a massive percentage of romance readers that are are looking for this information right so christy let us know let us know what books you end up with and if if, uh you find a place online that you like if you are into all about romance or you find another review website that's helpful to you and if you want us to solve your reader problem you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com Time to answer a recommendation request from Roxanne. This is a very special one. Roxanne says, congratulations on Torn Hearts, Bria. I'd love to hear what books you'd recommend that are similar to your movie. Um, Bria, take it away. First, should we we list the different wheelhouse items of Torn Hearts? Yeah, because we tried to do that. Torn Hearts is the movie I just directed that just came out. And uh, you can watch it right now if you have a a subscription to Epics. which is um, has a lot of fun stuff on it. I just watched, as I said, I've been sick. I just watched an entire season of a show called From, which Mallory, you would love. It's got monsters and all sorts of stuff on it. Ooh. Um, anyway, um, but you can also rent it online. And when you do that, you know, a little bit of that money comes straight to me if you rent it. Um, so I'd always suggest you do that. But either way, okay, so the, so the things that the movie contains uh, are like... Uh, female old, friendship. Female friendship, country music, horror, old houses... Ooh. Um, aging stars aging stars um those are those are kind of the wheelhouses and so mallory suggested bunny by mona wad which i thought was good like uh in our show notes she was like what about bunny because it is about female <laughs> friendship and um and I, my whole goal with the movie was i wanted to show how women get pitted against each other and you know, if if that is the kind of thing that triggers you, you should not watch my movie because I do think it is something very true and it happens and I think it's a very sad thing and I wanted to show that. And uh, I think Bunny by Mona Wad does a good job of showing that. But then I was trying to think of like old Hollywood. I have a few, by the way. Sorry, it's my movie. So I I mean, you know, how often do I get to make a movie? I, I love talking about this. So I was thinking The Seven, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo because it is an old Hollywood, that, yeah, an aging star, and it actually is kind of the non-horror version of my movie. It's like a woman shows up to this place to interview this lady, and the lady tells her her life story, which is exactly kind of what happens in my movie, except mine is a horror movie. So be aware. Well, in, in Torn Hearts, these two young country stars w- end up finding 
the house of this old like country legend lady mm-hmm. and wanting to talk to her and get her to help them with their careers. So it's right. you know so it's very sim- similar. It's similar. It's similar. Not the same. But um and then the last one I was gonna say, Mallory, this would be you could say this yes is or no. Such a good uh, fucking recommendation. I can't believe I okay. didn't think of it. We've always lived in the castle for the following reasons. Okay. Um but okay, country music, like I made the country music version of that basically because it takes place in like a weird, creepy house. The house is very strange and weird, and and um, uh, it it involves a person who clearly never leaves the house. This is the country music singer for mine. Um, and then it also both of them involve sisters who ended up doing something a little fucked up. And I don't want to give it too much away about my God, movie. This is such or a good we've always looked in the castle recommendation. But I it, can't believe I didn't think. But of they it. both involve a uh, little. The, people dying. We'll say that. They involve people dying. So they both sure have like do. this horror, horror elements to them. Okay, sorry. So I had a lot to say because obviously, you know, you, you work on no, a movie. I, I worked on great. it for a year, you know, like, so I, I have a lot of thoughts. But Mallory, what did, what did you have for, for my movie read alike? Um, yeah, this was tough. I Again, I came really close to suggesting Bunny just because not just the female friendship, but the ambition part mm. of like women getting together to do to further their careers and then starting to take each other down in that pursuit um so what i ended up choosing i ended up focusing on the female friendship intense ambition part of this and i chose give me your hand by megan abbott one of my favorite thriller writers and it's about two teenage girls that are best friends until one tells the other a huge secret and it blows their friendship apart and now in the current day years later that one of the girls has grown into a wicked successful woman and after years apart the other girl comes back into her life and the secret that she knows could ruin everything and it's wicked good i am a huge huge fan of megan abbott and it's really intense and it's centered on female friendship but also how women can destroy each other which Mm -hmm. is a huge theme in torn hearts um and how you know female ambition can be can can destroy women when they're pitted against each other mm-hmm. so um yeah i think it's a great recommendation for torn hearts so that's we got bunny by mona awad seven Hus- husbands of evelyn hugo we've always lived in the castle and give me your hand by megan abbott we've given you a reading um, list you have a reading list for torn hearts. i think i think these are all great books for torn hearts you should watch it right now it's one of my favorite movies of the year it's on epics or you can rent it and help bria feed all the aging Animals either, that do either. I'm happy with either. If you watch it, I'm happy. Or if you're in the UK, you can come see it in person at Fright Fest. I will be there. I didn't mention that this episode, but if you're in the UK, it will be playing at Fright Fest, and I will be there, and that's at the end of August. It plays on August 27th, I believe. Yeah, coming up next week. So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank their wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses totes and shirts and stickers and pillows and journals and all kinds of cool stuff over at our Void Merch store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and you're like, wow, I really want to do something nice for these ladies that doesn't cost me anything except for a minute of my time mm-hmm. you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice on your phone in the mobile app go to the reading glasses page and scroll down until you can see the little rating and review area give us a five star rating give us a good review it really helps us it has a like a tangible effect on growing the show getting sponsors for it it really means a lot to us and again it'll only take you a minute of your time you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at readinggpodcast on instagram at readingglassespodcast thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading